Have you ever wished you had been taught how to study the Bible in depth? Because that is exactly what our partners, Chasing Sacred, are all about. Creating resources for studying the Bible that meet practical needs while also maintaining strong biblical literacy. The way they structure their studies are so purposeful, and they help readers understand the historical and cultural context, which is so important. They actually just came out with a new study on the book of Ephesians. You do not want to miss it. Just don't forget to put code abiding free for a 20% discount on any of their products. Click their link in our show notes and learn more about them at chasingsacred.com. Life can be messy and hard, but one of the things God has promised to give us is freedom. Freedom deep in our hearts that is not dependent on the ever-changing waves of circumstances, but set on the steadfast promises of God. This freedom gives us a secure identity, even with a broken past. It helps us have joy in parenting, even when we are completely exhausted. This freedom gives us love for our spouses, even when they are unlovable. And it can give us purpose in our careers, even if it's not the one we want. But I feel stuck sometimes, don't you? What does it really mean that Christ has set us free? That's why we're here. Welcome to the Abiding Free Podcast with Kristen and Shannon. We invite you to walk on this bumpy but beautiful journey toward freedom as we learn to abide in Him. Get ready for tears and laughter and everything in between. Because this podcast is about living from the truth that yes, it was for freedom that Christ has set you free. Welcome back to the Abiding Free Podcast. We are continuing today on with a two-part series of women in ministry. Um, If you did not listen to last week's episode, just like stop right now and maybe go back and listen to it because we cannot recommend enough that you go back. Um, It's really where we lay the groundwork for this series, for this conversation that we're having. Um, So check that one out first and then come back and listen here. Um, But as always, we want to walk in freedom in all areas of our life. And there is a lot of confusion out there regarding the roles of women in ministry. And that is the topic we are talking about today. And we don't have to be experts, but this is a hot and hotly contested (laughs) topic. I feel like we should have like a blowhorn. Like every... (laughs) Hot topic! topic. (laughs) But... (laughs) I think the good news is that with that blowhorn, with these hot topics, (laughs) God's word can help us walk in these areas Mm -hmm. and have these conversations with grace and and with truth. Um, So last week, we talked through the two main theological views of women in ministry, complementarianism and egalitarianism. Uh, We shared that we at Abiding Free hold to the complementarian view, uh, which means that men and women are equal in value, but different in roles within the church, roles that complement each other. Um, But we also share that we very much welcome egalitarians here, (laughs) and we encourage those of you that are to stay and listen, because it is good to listen to different perspectives. It is refined. Mm. You know, it, it can inspire us all to think, hey, you know what? I need to go back to scripture. Yeah. I need to dive back into the Bible myself and not just listen to commentaries, but also <laughs> dive back into, yes. the, into the scripture myself um, because I'm not sure if my view is biblically grounded. Um, but I do want to um, just be like super upfront and honest that while we welcome this discussion and this debate, we do believe, uh, like I said, that this complementarian view is biblically grounded here at Abiding Free. Mm-hmm. Um, so today in part two, we are going to talk primarily 
about two main things in regard to this view, to this complementarian view within the church. The first is what have been some of the problems within complementarian churches? You know, how have we failed to reflect this view accurately? Or more importantly, to, uh, to reflect what God has called us to yes, accurately. Right. Um, and two, how can we as men and women, as lay members, staff, ministry leaders, whoever is listening to this podcast, help advance women in the church and maximize their God-given roles and gifts within a complementarian framework? Um, and, and at the end of this podcast, we just hope you leave encouraged, to be honest. So so let's dive in. Yeah. So let's start with, you know, one problem that is there are some complementarian churches in name and doctrine, mm-hmm. but not in practice. So orthodoxy, that's a word that just means like, what do you believe? What's your doctrines? Do not match orthopraxy, which is what are you practicing? What are you actually living out? You know, we mentioned, you know, again, last week about this, that some churches, even if they're complementarian in name, are not, are actually just more male dominated, meaning that women are not being used in significant roles to complement the roles of men. We loved this article. It's called Four Dangers for Complementarians on the Gospel Coalition. Gavin Ortland um, identified one danger as as this as churches being you know they defend complementarianism complementarianism but fail to live it out beautifully i love that there like the key there is complementarian is complementarianism it's a hard word to it's say guys to say. sorry <laughs> we even practice it but <laughs> but it's it's beautiful it is beautiful, yeah. despite what our culture tries to paint about yeah. this complementarian viewpoint, or even what churches do to misapply this, yeah. right? A complementarian view was meant to reflect the beauty of creative order, aspects of the relationships within the Trinity, and Christ himself. Yeah. And yes, it was meant to show the significance of both men and women within the church, not a domination of just one sex, yeah, right? That's, that's power. That's a good thing. Yeah. Statement. And so, and another problem is, you know, there's often a lack of clarity of all the roles that women can serve in. It's like we tend to focus on like what they can't, which is this like yeah, one glass half empty. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, the the discussion of this often lands around, well, can they be pastors and elders rather than highlighting and looking at scripture for all the ways women can lead and serve in the church? And it's a lot, you guys. You know, last week we went through some of the arguments that egalitarians make for the support that women should be equal in role. So they they believe that, you know, pastoral and elder roles are for men and women. And one of their arguments they make is specific women in the Bible who did seem to have strong leadership roles. We actually, I appreciate that they pointed these out because while we don't see biblically that these roles indicate an authoritative church role, they are helpful in demonstrating that women did have prominent roles and leadership within the church. Yeah, you know? I would even say pivotal. Yeah. I mean, many women were prophets like Miriam, Deborah, Holda. We see that Priscilla and her husband, Achilla, were both ex- correcting and instructing, you know, Apollos in biblical teaching. So while this wasn't in a church setting, it was privately, this is a woman who most likely had a gift of bib- yeah. Bible teaching, yeah. you know, and leading. In Titus 2, we are told that women should be teaching women. You know, women can be teachers. In some churches, you know, unfortunately, though, there's just very little room for women to be teaching. And this is not biblical, you guys. And, you know, additionally, Phoebe is mentioned as either a deacon or a servant in the book of Romans. And she most likely took the letter to the Romans or accompanied 
those who did. That's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, can you imagine no, like being I there, can't. like hey, I'm taking this like <laughs> Roman book of you know, think, like letter to the oh. Romans, and little did she know it'd be in the Bible, <laughs> right? <laughs> but deacons, you know, are described as those who are servants and ministers. And, you know, personally, I, I love that there are many churches that are appointing, you know, female deacons. Mm. Um, so while this is not exhaustive, these are women in positions that showed women had strong roles and leadership in the church and among God's people. And I just want to say, you know, we're focusing a lot on, you know, women in leadership roles and what they can do. Let me just say, there are a lot of women out there, probably you don't care about leadership roles. You're, you um, are happy to do roles that are not within a leadership capacity. And that's beautiful too. Like there is, you know, it is not better. It's not a better role or a better desire to have more of this like leadership or teaching role. But for the sake of our podcast and talking through, you know, what women can or can't do, that's probably what we're focusing on. So yeah, I just yeah. want to say that I just so agree with that because I think that even spills over. And again, this will be a different episode, but I think that even spills over just in the conversation of the husband and wife, of the mm. woman at home, of mm-hmm. a, a, being a mother. And it's just this constant battle in a feminist society yes. that if I don't have, um, you know, a prominent leadership role, if I'm not a career woman and a mom, then I'm less than. And it's that I just think it kind yeah. of plays in that whole topic of women who don't desire to have a leadership role. There's nothing less to be in a exactly. non-leadership position. There, there's no better. There's no less. This isn't about us, mm. you know. And so I just anyways, I just love that you made that point. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay. So how can we help to advance women in the church in a complementarian framework, maximizing their potential and role? Okay. Elisa, Pol- I always say this name wrong. I know. Pol- I think it's, Pol- I know, Pobletti or Poblete. Yes. Pobletti. <laughs> Hope we're saying that right. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> she writes a great article on the Gospel Coalition called Don't Sideline the Women in Your Church Plant. Mm. Um, it'll be linked in our show notes. And while it is talking about church planning, there are a lot of great points in there that are relevant just for churches in general. Okay. So she says this about church roles. Many of our congregations today seem to function as if the great mission of church planning and making disciples was assigned to only a faithful few. Mm, Women tend to be underrepresented, underutilized, and silent spectators among these groups. Uh, And I just love that she points out that Paul listed Iodia and, I'm sorry, guys, Syntyche Syntyche (laughs) as co-laborers in the gospel. (laughs) (laughs) Philippians 4.3 says they labored side by side with him on the gospel, I in the love, gospel, I side by side. They are co we are co-laborers. Amen. We are on a mission and an adventure and a battle that we mm-hmm. this is not about one gender or the other. This is mm-hmm. we are all in this together. You yes. know, I mean it's just Amen. like legitimate. <laughs> like we are all needed. Mm-hmm. And so what we can do to advance the women in our congregation is kind of what we want to talk about right now though. I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle with motivation to get into God's Word, and I love adding some aesthetic beauty and note-taking to my Bible study with the Mr. Pen Selah Bible Journaling Kit. This classy and beautiful kit comes with everything you need to add some fun and color to your study. This set comes with Bible tabs, highlighters and pens, stickers with a modern script font, gold cross paper clips, transparent sticky notes, and a lovely cream and gold supplies patch to hold it all together. And today you can get a discount on the Selah Bible Journaling Collection on Amazon with the discount code SELAHKIT24. Use SELAHKIT24 on Amazon for a discount today. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, continuing on with that article, which again, we'll link that in the show notes is she gives these like really great three suggestions for like, how do Mm -hmm. we do this? And the first one is invite women's voices to the discussion. You know, she basically talks about women giving these vital contributions Mm -hmm. and not just like women's ministry contributions. And, you know, I just want to say an example of this that I saw lived out was, and I know Shannon has done this too. We used to go to the same church and when I was there, you know, I was invited in and I know Shannon was at another point to do the sermon prep. And you guys, it was probably like my Mm. my my favorite thing Mm. I have ever done because I got to contribute to these like theological discussions. And this was the sermon that was going to be shared, you know, by the male pastor, but it was just beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was a great way to include women in, you know, some of those conversations. And, you know, I love the second point that Alyssa gives is she says, identify and invest in potential leaders. Mm. She says, you know, find these women and be intentional about equipping them for the work of the ministry. And again, I'm just going to share from my own personal life. This is, you know, my past church that I went to and two of the the head pastor and one of the other pastors brought me in and you guys like they, you know, they sat me down. They, I knew they wanted to talk about, you know, ministry to women and, and further things. And they asked me a question and I almost cried. They asked me, are you, we just want to ask if you're being challenged here. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to cry now. It was like, it was so humbling yeah. that they they saw me as like someone, I don't know. It was just like, what? (laughs) It was just so encouraging that they cared about that. And they saw me as someone who maybe had these theological dreams or Or whatnot. Yeah. Gifting. It was just really encouraging. And I remember, you know, in that meeting, they kind of asked me to help lead some of this ministry to women initiatives. And so I started and I remember I would like call this pastor who my overseeing pastor and he was just so great because I'd, I'd be calling him like thinking I needed to ask for all this per, per, for permission. And he was kind of like, go for it. Like he was just so empowering yeah, that's and amazing. it was so encouraging. And another example is I sat with these same two pastors. I had written a whole women's discipleship program and it was so invigorating and life-giving. We sat in this like disciple, or sorry, we sat in the conference room and we brainstormed. And I mean, it was just so amazing. And they they really valued what I had written up and they gave, you know, they were helping me. And, um, you know, another way, and I wasn't the only woman invited to do this, but um, at this church, they invited me and some other women to be on a panel to read through and provide input into this doctrinal statement they had written up. Um, You know, I, at the time also was, you know, writing articles for the church. I was um, doing some teaching videos and, Gosh, like three of the the pastoral staff members, um, they reached out to me to say that they were watching him. They were encouraged. And so, again, I'm giving these just as ideas. Yeah. I hope, you know, there's some pastors out there yeah. just, you know, inspiring. Some, yeah, just just ways to encourage women in the church, to lift them up, to build them up. And, you know, I, I share these because I think I want to speak to those of you that are some more theologically 
you know, strong theologically minded women, you know, whether it's because many women in churches have been child rearing, raising kids, you know, by nature, the males leaders at church have been called and gifted to care about what I would call like this theological strategy. There's been times, I'll be honest, I've felt like a purple unicorn yeah, yeah, <laughs> in too. church. Yeah, you too. And it's it can be lonely, you know, where it's like we're a strange breed. You know, I love women's Bible studies. Heck, I, you know, I wrote a women's Bible study. And you're writing a new one. Yeah, I am. And, but I also love being a part of, you know, what some of the male pastors and leaders are doing at churches. Sometimes I like feel like this puppy dog, like I would, I wouldn't be there. (laughs) And so, um, you know, you know, talking about some of the more missional strategy, the theological equipping, whatever you want to call it. And I think, you know, there's so much grace there because yeah. I think even some of very well-intended men who want to move forward in this, they it's hard to find places for women to be appropriately exercising these giftings while not also exercising yeah. authority. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and the and then the the third point we just want to bring up that Alyssa said is she said, integrate women into your discipleship vision. Women's discipleship should not exist on an island, but as an extension of your pastoral leadership. Stay informed on what the women of your church are reading, listening to, and being resourced with. Invite women into appropriate areas of leadership and participation in the life of the church. And, you know, at my current church, I love this. They do these equipping nights um, every couple months. And there is one in particular on discipleship. And is very clear that, you know, my pastor was overseeing it, was in charge of it. But, um, you know, my, one of my, the women's ministry directors, she got up and she was able to share these aspects of discipleship and, you know, she was still under that authority, yeah. but it was just a beautiful way to it's a great picture. Yeah. A great picture of, of including women into this, you know, process of discipleship, you Not know, speci- vision. And, it, and in that example, it wasn't specific to women's ministry. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So those suggestions are probably, um, I think, hopefully beneficial for anybody who's in leadership of a church. Um, um, but what about those of us women who maybe are at a church where we don't see a lot of roles for women, even in existence, um, like what some of the stuff we're talking about, whether it's teaching, leading, etc. Um, you know, so what would our encouragement be to them? Okay, so the first is it can sound so simple, but it is absolutely not. Um, this is our weapon, and that is to pray. That is to pray with yeah. all of our heart when there is something that is on our mind that we are bothered with is to bring it before God and lift it up to him. I love that. And, you know, I love that you brought that up, Shannon, because, you know, it's a good place to also humble ourselves. You know, yeah. even when we're discouraged, you know, there's been times where, you know, I've looked at myself and I I, I even God's convicted me like, Kristen, you know, you're you're asking for too much here or, mm. you know, this isn't a place I've called you to be. And so I think God can like help us sort through that. Yeah. And or I've seen him open up incredible doors for for women that maybe weren't there just through prayer. Yeah. And, you know, if this truly is a biblical issue we can be assured God cares about it and he wants women to be valued in the church. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and I just, I, I love this article we keep um, referring back to. And, and I love that she says to the next thing she says for our point two is to be available. Oh yes. Pray. And number two, be available, you know, ask questions like, you know, how can I be helpful? Not what can you do for me? 
You know what I mean? How can I be elevated? Or I'm not saying that that's always the case, but I just talking about myself even, you know, like how can, how can I use my gifts? How can my name be Mm -hmm. expanded? No, like how can I serve? How can I be most helpful? Um, Basically looks for ways to help advance the mission and the vision of the church, Mm. you know, and, and and like you said, be, be humble with our questions. And, and you know what? And sometimes, I mean, we are, we are, we are going to struggle with pride and just bringing it before God and just repenting of that and asking him to take our eyes off of ourselves. Mm -hmm. If that is something we're struggling with, you know, and and then coming before him and, and praying for what we want and then going to the people, to the pastors, to the leadership at our local church and saying, how can we be helpful? Mm. And that goes so well into the next point that again, this article by Alyssa from the gospel coalition mentioned is that be faithful. Yeah. And I love this, what she said. She said, the fame of Jesus is Mm. on the line. So keep God's divine priorities for your life in mind and give your life to making disciples in whatever context you're in church planting or church, you know, vision and direction, wherever it being the church, being the church is messy programs, you know, may not be in place to ensure formal avenues for participation. Mm -hmm. So maybe not, you know, there isn't yet a place for where you want to, you know, grow in, but you can always your life, you can always invest your life in making disciples. You can disciple. Yeah. And, you know, we, as God's image bearers, both male and female, our chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, mm. that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I love what she says here, too. She says this, this like I bolded. I, mm. I just thought, so this is a conversation. And I would say this about our podcast right now. This is a conversation not so much about empowering women but how about how the whole church can be faithful to the Great Commission? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That is key right right there. You know, I think even as women, when we are hurt, sidelined, feel forgotten about, you know, um, we have to keep our eyes on the Great Commission. We can get even more sidelined in our minds. Like we can get distracted if we are more focused on advancing women than we are in advancing the Great Commission. We've got to keep our eyes up to a good and loving father who he will never forget us. He, we matter to him. Oh, it's, and that's, isn't that so interesting? Cause it, it is so many times in that insecurity of when we are not seeing ourselves the way that God sees us, yeah. that we can respond, not even just in this topic, but how we can respond in a way that is, is fighting for ourselves when we are already accepted. We are already fully loved. We have already been just like you just proclaimed, you know, defined. We don't have to search for who we are, search for purpose or search for worth. We have, our worth has already been declared. And so I just love that. Um, it's, it's so, so true. And you know, it's funny. I tell my staff, um, my staff at uh, Forever Found, the nonprofit that I run, I always tell them, keep the main thing, the main thing. Oh, wow. You know, wow. Keep the main thing. <laughs> Great the main word. Thing. It's just, it's just like this mantra because life just goes at you. And so yeah. I just love that. The Great Commission is the main thing. Yes. It's the main thing. And you know what? There are so many wrongs and injustices and heck, things that just could be improved on in this life, in this yeah. world. And like, Kristen talked about, there are hurts in this topic about women, the treatment of women in the church that have been wrong, things mm-hmm. that have been wrong, things that have been mishandled, things that have been uh, unjust, unjust, things that have just maybe not been the best they could be, you know, and, and it, they're all over the gamut. Um, but I think what the key is, is gosh, 
it just in everything, like, yes, we want to address those, but let us not make those issues take us to one side of the pendulum. Mm, I love think that's that. one thing we're talking mm-hmm. about, but staying grounded in that truth. God has made men and women so beautiful and unique. And we just hope that these last couple episodes about women in ministry have been encouraging, Yes, have been inspiring for you that you, if, if you're a woman right now and you're listening <laughs> to this, hi, men too. We like you too. <laughs> If you're a we woman, do. if you're a woman and you're listening we, to we this, so appreciate we our, so our male listeners. Our listeners. Yeah, there and we that's why we have, you know, male um interviews and yeah. we're just so thankful. I mean, because we compliment <laughs> each other. <laughs> Ooh, but um boom boom. <laughs> Sorry. Well, we really hope honestly this has been an encouragement. So thank you so much uh, for being here. We look forward to being with you again next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a second, please share this episode with someone you love. Also, if you could scroll down and rate our podcast and follow us on social media at Abiding Free, this will help us reach more with the message of freedom. Yeah, and then just be sure to join us next week for another episode and know we love and are praying for you.